This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro, Channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn, Radio Romania International 1, and in Europe via satellite Utilsat 16A on 11,512 MHz, vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello and welcome everyone, I'm Vlad Palku in the newsroom at Radio Romania's headquarters in Bucharest. In the news today, the border with Bulgaria will be closed today for at least two hours due to local farmers' protests. Health trade unions have been promised a 15% salary increase. And a new foreign minister of the Republic of Moldova, Mihai Popșoi, is paying his first official visit to Romania. Due to Bulgarian farmers' protests, the border with Bulgaria will be closed for at least two hours. The National Association of Bulgarian Grain Producers has made public a map with 80 road segments where traffic will be blocked by heavy farming equipment at least two hours a day indefinitely. Farmers want the government to ease the administrative burden on the farming sector, compensations for the negative impact of the Russian aggression in Ukraine, as well as more protection for Bulgarian agriculture in regulated trade with Ukraine. The Romanian Foreign Ministry has recommended all citizens traveling to Bulgaria to check for border traffic updates and strictly abide by temporary regulations and the recommendations of the border police. Health trade unions have been promised a 15% salary increase, which will add to the 5% increase applied to public sector employees at the start of the year. After long negotiations with Prime Minister Marcel Ciolacu, the leaders of the Sanitas Federation said salaries will increase in two phases, in March and June, although it is unclear which categories of personnel will benefit from the increase and when. Talks with the authorities will continue, trade unions say. Representatives of the Sanitary Solidarity Federation are disgruntled with the government's latest counteroffer, Federation leader Viorel Rotila argues, adding that the increase will only affect the base salaries, meaning health workers' salaries, which also include bonuses, are expected to increase by a little over 14%. Protest actions will thus continue, Viorel Rotila went on to say. Romania's Foreign Minister Luminita Odobescu on Monday paid an official visit to Sofia, Bulgaria, where she had talks with her Bulgarian counterpart Mariah Gabriel, President Rumen Radev and Prime Minister Nikolai Denkov. Minister Odobescu hailed progress reported in the development of infrastructure projects of mutual interest, such as Fast Danube or the construction of a new bridge over the Danube, both designed to significantly consolidate regional interconnectivity. The Romanian official also expressed Romania's firm support for EU enlargement both in the Western Balkans as well as the Eastern Partnership, where Moldova, Ukraine and Georgia have made steps forward.
During her meeting with President Rumen Radev, Luminita Odobescu highlighted the importance of the Romania-Bulgarian strategic partnership signed in 2023. The new foreign minister of the Republic of Moldova, Mihai Popșoi, has paid his first official visit to Romania, where he is expected to meet Prime Minister Marcel Ciolacu and Senate Speaker Nicolae Ciucă. The agenda of his meeting with the Romanian counterpart Luminița Odobescu will focus on regional challenges. Mihai Popșoi was appointed Foreign Minister and Deputy Prime Minister after his predecessor Nicu Popescu stepped down in January, claiming he needed a break after fulfilling the key objective of his mandate, Moldova's EU rapprochement. And we continue with the news from sports. Romanian tennis player Sorana Kursta has advanced to the quarterfinals of the WTA 500 tournament in Abu Dhabi, offering over 920,000 US dollars in total prizes. This was the first win of the year for Kirsta, who ousted Caroline Garcia of France 6-7-6-4-6-4. The Romanian player will next take on third seed Maria Sakari of Greece, where Kirsta leads 2-1 head-to-head, the Greek player having won the last match 2-6-6-3-7-5 in the second round at Cincinnati. And the Romanian men's polo team lost 15-8 to Hungary on Monday in its first match in Group D at the World Aquatics Championships hosted by Doha, Qatar. Our team will next play Kazakhstan on February 8th and Italy on February 9th. The winners of each group will advance to the quarterfinals. The teams in second and third place respectively will play quarterfinals playoff matches, whereas last place teams will compete in a tournament for positions 13-16. to 16. The top four teams will qualify to the 2024 Paris Olympics. France, Hungary, Greece, Spain, Japan, the USA, Australia and South Africa have already booked their tickets to this year's Olympic Games. And that was the news on Radio Romania International. Representatives of trade unions in the healthcare sector have secured a promise from the government to raise salaries by 15%, on top of the 5% granted at the beginning of the year. I'm Cristina Matescu with this report by Corina Crista. Amid discontent related mainly to their salaries, different categories of employees, including healthcare workers, have staged protests in Romania in recent weeks. The representatives of the Sanitas and Solidaritatea Sanitara trade union federations held a number of talks with government officials, presenting them with their demands related to salaries and staff shortages. The vice president of Sanitas, Razvan Gaie, explains in a social media post. Everyone is unhappy because benefits to salaries haven't changed since 2018 for some categories, or even since 2010 or 2012 for others. 
and the healthcare system is faced with an acute shortage of staff, including nurses, paramedics, administrative staff, etc. Fortunately, the new salary scheme has brought the salaries of primary care physicians and consultant physicians to the level where they should be, but the rest of us... A first-year resident doctor doesn't earn more than 3,500 lei and a fourth-year resident around 4,700 lei, including for duty hours, while a staff nurse in an outpatient facility earns around 2,400 to 2,500 lei and a nurse working in the surgery ward of a big hospital doesn't earn more than 3,800 lei. During a new round of talks on Monday with Prime Minister Marcel Cholaku, trade union leaders, who requested a 20% pay rise, secured a promise of 15%, apart from the 5% indexation earlier this year. They agreed that the rise should be granted in two stages, 10% in March and another 5% in June. It is not clear how this increase will be distributed. In a first reaction after the talks, the representatives of Sanitas said they did not have all the figures about the number of people working in the healthcare sector and were collecting them, which would allow them to establish how big the rise is. Once they have these figures, they will decide whether to continue with the protest action. On the other hand, the representatives of Solidaritatea Sanitarum said salaries would not in effect go up by 20% as the government claims, but less because the increase applies to the base salary, excepting benefits, so the rise is in fact at almost 14%. They plan to continue negotiations with the government as well as protests, including a rally outside the government headquarters on the 11th of March, after which they will decide whether to go on a general strike, depending on how many employees are in favour of this move. Romania is not at risk of war, but the army must be ready for any scenario. I'm Elena Enake with more on this topic in a report by Stefan Stoica. In the run-up to the election marathon to be held later this year, Romanian politicians know very well that the topic of a possible Russian assault extended by Russia beyond Ukraine's western borders, a hypothesis even more present in the Western military and geopolitical analysis, has an explosive potential, for which reason they avoid approaching it. Having no reason to do the same in the absence of a political stake, Defense Staff General Gurgitsa Vlad talked about this subject. In a recent interview to radio station, he said that the Romanian population should be worried and that the authorities should prepare for an undesirable war scenario. He pointed out that the army is understaffed and that reservists are too old to fight on the battlefield. Consequently, he says, a law is needed that would allow men and women up to 35 years of age to voluntarily learn to shoot a gun and do a decontamination. Following these statements, a number of politicians deemed this warning alarmist and improper for a military army chief. In fact, General Vlad's message is similar to that of his British counterpart or of some Western politicians. Against this background, deputies and senators with the defense committees decided to have a meeting with representatives of the Ministry of Defense. The announcement was made by the interim speaker of the Chamber of Deputies, Alfred Simonis. Simonis has said that there is no danger at present of Romania's involvement in a war and that the population must remain calm because we are NATO members. This does not mean that the country should not be prepared at any moment for any scenario, 
Alfred Simonis has added. No draft law has been submitted to Parliament on the topic of Romania's preparation in case of war, Simonis has also stated. In his turn, the Romanian Minister of Defence, Angel Tilver, said on a TV station that compulsory military service is out of question, but that there is a concern at the level of the Ministry of Defence for voluntary military service. He acknowledged a shortage of personnel in the army, which appeared after its numbers have been reduced from 320,000 to 80,000 men. Last year alone, almost 7,000 people left the system, the minister said. Consequently, there is a need to prepare some reserves, which will be done with volunteer soldiers, Tilver said. According to the minister, a project is being drawn up regarding a military training of several months and obtaining a bonus at the end of this training for people aged 18 to 35. Like the other high officials, the Minister of Defense gave assurances that Romania is not in danger of war. This does not mean, he added, that a serious state, a member of the most important political military alliance in history, should not be in agreement and in line with what is happening in other armies. General Vlad also emphasized the fact that the Romanian ammunition factories do not have the capacity to manufacture the NATO-type ammunition that the army needs. And that has been our newscast. Focus on Romania. Next in this broadcast time for Song of the Day, So What is today's choice, performing is Mario Fresh. Let's go. 
lucru simple și o dau mai departe tuturor Și ce dacă viața nu e roz Și ce dacă toate lucrurile merg pe dos Și ce dacă am are listening to Radio Romania International. Inside Romania. Everyone to a new edition of Inside Romania at the microphone Vlad Palcu. Florentina Balos, the president of the Battle of Smiles Association, has long been one of RRI's friends, as over the years we have carefully followed her charity initiatives and other projects. Today's edition is devoted to a visionary project designed to provide assistance to young people with disabilities who no longer have access to education. The project seeks to prepare these young people for the hardships of life and train them to find a job. More details from Florentina Balos herself. Titled Florentina's Little House or Florentina's Nest, the project will run in the first half of the year and primarily addresses special children who've graduated 10 grades. We offer them a segment allowing them to enroll in vocational training, focusing very much on the specific skills of each kid. We also have parents who stay with their children. Our project addresses those parents who have no other option for their children. We're talking about adults who are over 18 years of age, which makes them mature and developed enough to take care of themselves. But they are always in need of assistance. Parents often have no other choice. How can they carry on with their professional and social lives? It's very hard on them. Hence the idea of our little house, where they can leave their children for the day. Florentina Balos. And since school is getting increasingly difficult to pursue for underprivileged children, Florentina Balos has other plans as well. There's a lot more we're doing. Admittedly, 80% of our actions focus on this segment. But we also have the magic room, as I like to call it where we provide support to children who need tutoring, children from disenfranchised backgrounds. Not everyone is a genius, not everyone gets to get a double degree, but we all need to graduate and pick a trade. And it's really important children should learn how to study, to know they're not alone and should not drop out of school, that they have to see things through to earn a living when they grow up. It's a long-term process, at times failing to produce the tangible results they seek. Florentina Balos explains. 
copiii care termină clasa al 10-a, nu avem un segment de vârstă. There's no age limit for children who graduate the 10th grade, because it would be quite difficult for us to accommodate that. So, all are welcome then. Our other initiative addressing underprivileged children tries to assist them at least until they graduate high school. They have to graduate those 12 grades or enroll in a vocational school, but the important thing is to continue their studies. So, we'll continue to help them until they graduate 12 or 13 grades. And I repeat, there's no age limit for special children because in the end, that adult will be a child who needs support. We also asked Florentina Balos if she considers developing closer relations with state schooling units in order to expand her initiatives. We've started small. We have an excellent cooperation with the School for Special Children in District 6, where we work with teachers who are engaged, adorable, they love what they do and the children they care for every day. So we developed and planned many activities last year and for this year as well. And step by step, we will also elaborate activities in this area as well. Like most other initiatives of Florentina Balos, this one as well focuses on raising awareness regarding challenges. Solving a problem first needs understanding the problem, and this new project seeks to help families that care for young people with disabilities or those who cannot afford supporting children in school amidst the ever-growing demands of the educational system. Florentina Balos's determination remains inspiring as always. And that wraps up today's edition of Inside Romania. Time now for a short music break. Listen to Roxanne and her song Infinite.
This is Radio Romania International. Cultural event. Welcome to cultural event with Mila Kramera Simeon. The Brukenthal National Museum in Sibiu continues an initiative started last year and offers free access to the public once a month. Therefore, in 2023, seniors could enter the museum for free once a month. From 2024, the institution opened to all city residents. We talked to Alexandru Kituza, director of the museum, about the new initiative meant to widen public access to the museum. Am dorit că acest proiect să fie extins și începând din luna ianuarie chiar am avut We wanted this project to be expanded, so we relaunched it in January this year, this time including all the people from Sibiu. One of the reasons is that we are trying to preserve the tradition and, as is known, the Brukenthal National Museum is the first museum in Romania that opened to the public at the beginning of the 19th century. Also, in his will, Baron Samuel von Brukenthal specified that he wanted to leave to the community what he had gathered over time. So the palace and its collection are primarily intended for the Sibiu public. That's why we decided to open the museum even more to the inhabitants of the city. Annually, we enjoy about 500,000 visitors, but we believe that it is essential to get more involved in the cultural life of the community and to offer one day of free entry every month to those who live in Sibiu. In this way, we are trying to do things that the community of our city can enjoy, said Alexandru Kituza. The large number of visitors registered following last year's initiative to offer pensioners free access once a month to the museum was one of the reasons why Alexandru Kituza continued the initiative. We had very good feedback last year. Right from the first day the museum opened to pensioners, many people came to visit it. I can say that in January 2023, the first month we started the initiative, more than 600 pensioners visited the museum, and during the past year over 4,000 pensioners visited the Brukenthal National Museum. This year, on the first day of free access, there were several hundred people from Sibiu who came to the museum, of all ages. We were happy about this. It means that the museum is not a dusty institution to be visited once in a lifetime. It is a cultural institution with open doors, which offers new experiences, gives you a feeling of well-being and disconnects you from your worries and problems. And this is very important for us, said Alexandru Kituza. Consisting of a group of museums, the core of the Brukenthal National Museum is represented by Baron Samuel from Brukenthal's collections of European art, engraved plates, numismatics and books, as well as by the building erected by the Baron to house them the Brukenthal Palace. After the nationalization of 1948, the Natural History Museum, the Hunting Museum August von Spies, the Pharmacy Museum, the Altenberger House History Museum and the Museum of Contemporary Art became part of the Brukenthal National Museum. The museum's founder, Samuel von Brukenthal, governor of Transylvania at the end of the 18th century, was also an avid collector, acquiring an impressive number of works of art. Through his will, he ordered the opening of the palace so that in 1817 it became a public museum known as the Brukenthal Museum, one of the first institutions of its kind in Europe. And that's all from Cultural Event. Next in this program, sports.
Welcome to the Athlete of the Week with me, Eugen Nasta. Romanian women's handball team Gloria Bistrița late last week advanced to the EHF European League's quarterfinals. Gloria grabbed a 34-29 away win against French opponents Nantes, a team that was at the top of the table in Group C after the first three rounds. Two rounds ahead of the end of the league's group stage, Gloria has secured one of the first two places in the group, also booking its place among the competition's top eight teams. In the match against Nantes, Gloria had the upper hand all throughout the game, being given nine goals clear of their French opponents. Gloria eventually secured a five-goal advantage. With nine goals scored, Gloria's most efficient handballer was Bianca Basaliu. Reason enough for Radio Romania International to designate Bianca Basaliu the Athlete of the Week. Bianca Basaliu was born in Slatina on July the 30th, 1997. She made her debut in handball with the Slatina-based sports high school team. At the age of 14, she was already signed up with Romania's national juniors team. At the World Juniors Championships in 2014, Basaliu was a member of the lineup that walked away with a gold medal. With 76 goals scored, Bianca came in second according to the top scorers' rankings. Also, Bianca Basaliu was voted as a member of the tournament's dream team, being designated the best left winger. Also in 2014, Bianca played for CSM Bucharest, the team with which in 2016 she won the Champions League. In 2019, Bianca Basaliu had a short stint with Corona Brasov, then she returned to CSM Bucharest. A year-long stint with Croatia's Podravka Koprivnica followed. Since 2022, Bianca has been playing for Gloria Bistrica. Since 2014, Bianca Basaliu has been an honorary citizen of her native town Slatina, also being an honorary citizen of Romania's capital city Bucharest since 2016. And that's all from Sports Today. You can also access our sports items at rri.io and on Facebook. are listening to Radio Romania International. Next in this broadcast, it's your music. Welcome, I'm Mihaila Ignatescu. Today's edition features guitarist, bass player and hard rock and roll blues musician Gabriel Isaac, member of famous bands in the 70s, 80s and 90s, such as Group 74 and Conexiuni. He is also a guitar collector, has his own recording studio and has collaborated with most disc editors and festival organizers across the country. To start the show, here is Row Rock and Roll, written by Gabriel Isaac and performed by Gabriel Isaac Band. Trist, trist, funicularus, fularus, trist, trist. trist. 
Fuß vor Laro, Trist, Trist, Fuhr an Nico, vor Laro, Umdehe vor Nicolaro, Trist. has recently launched a new compact disc titled Eva a Declaration of Love and Farewell. Here is next the rock ballad Eva performed by the Gabriel Isaac band. Yeah. <laughs> altar și a frumuseții dar oh ia ce a spus odată da albul fulgilor de nea s-a topit pe pielea fină Picuri roșii fără vină Ea Îmbrăcată în lumină Ea În obraj e dragostea Parcă nici n-a fost cândva Înțelese rugăminți, neuitate nopți fierbinți. Oh, da, ia, este visul ce-a durut. E dorința de a fi vrut oricât, doar povești împrăștiate. Pierdute în realitate Ea O lumină în fața mea Lasă valuri Ca să ducă În larg clipele nălucă Și mărgeam să ne aducă Lasă ploaia 
acasă spele Toate gândurile rele Și ale tale și ale mele Ia E ofranda primăverii Paradigma încheierii Este ultimul cuvânt Purtat în neant de vânt Ia Cețuri reci în fața mea Imposibil verb de a vedea Întunericul din cale Din a dragostei schimbare E ea O himeră în fața mea Ca o frunză rătăcită și de vânt rostogolită Lăsând inima golită Ca muzică divină Ce se pierde fără vină E ea E în tot ce-a fost cândva To end today's music show, here is the Gabriel Isaac Band with another tune from the album Eva, titled You Are Ever So Wonderful. Ești din ce în ce mai admirabilă, ești din ce în ce mai impecabilă, ești din ce în ce ești cum alta nu e, ești din ce în ce mai frumoasă. Ești din ce în ce mai divină Ești din ce în ce mai regină Ce a plecat la atac pe o tablă fără alb Ești din ce în ce mai frumoasă
Living Romania. Coming up next in the program. New names on the cover. Welcome to a new edition in our new names on the cover series. Your host is Eugen Nasta. Our guest in the program this week is Catalina Steriu, a graduate of the University of Bucharest's Letter Faculty. Catalina Steriu got her poems published in Belgium in 2020, where she won a literary contest. Also in 2020, Catalina Steriu won four other literary contests in Paris, staged by La Nouvelle Quinzaine Littéraire. Catalina's prize-winning works were each time published in a collective volume. Catalina Steriu is also the recipient of two national prizes for fiction, the Grand Prize of the Vasile Lukacu National Literature Festival and a prize awarded by the Stawa and the Literary Movement magazines, Maramures, December 2022. Catalina Steriu also won the second prize of the Literary Creation Contest, titled The Fascination of the Sea, held in Constanza in the southeast in October 2022. Catalina also published short fiction in such literary magazines as Stawa, Nord Literar, The Literary North, Mishkara Literara, The Literary Movement, Viața Medicală, The Medical Life, Ficțiunea, Fiction. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Under this title, To Pink, the volume has an apparent slip-slop dimension. The author brings together realistic short stories, focusing on various topics, and taking up various writing registers. The volume turns out to be versatile in the easiness with which the topics are broached, but also the volume has a good intuition as regards the knowledge and understanding of the human condition. (laughs) 
Too Pink is made of 28 short stories. Lovers of prose should take their time as they read all the stories. Rather, they need to have a taste of them slowly, just as each morning you take a teaspoon of honey on an empty stomach. If you read the short stories carefully, you can notice Catalina Stereo's ability to have a full command of the topics in her stories, be they serious or apparently superficial. In one of the short stories, we find out about the loneliness of a retired man who finds it really hard to overcome his sickness as regards the mice, only to befriend a mouse who visits his flat. In another short story, Catalina Steriu makes a barbed critique of the social class, which has always been present in the country's urban fauna. In Catalina Steriu's critically acclaimed collection of short fiction, To Pink, the characters are depicted in an apparently unassuming manner, yet the counterpoise in terms of human significance is quite strong. I first ask the young author, Catalina Steriu, to dwell on that for our English-speaking listeners from around the world. First of all, thank you for the invitation. I am glad to talk to you about To Pink, my short prose volume. I find it interesting and it's exciting for me to play with my readers, to stir them and to push the limits of interpretation. I consider the art of suggestion to be a powerful tool, best used in literature, but also in everything art-related. I think it is more interesting and attractive for the public to have the freedom to discover senses on its own, instead of finding all the answers told in a straightforward manner in a book. Personally, as a reader, I wouldn't be interested in such an approach. On the contrary, I would love to explore and to unveil new ways of seeing the world. Subtlety is more interesting than being verbose, like the saying goes, less is more. Passionate readers have special glasses that reveal to them hidden meaning, allow them to read between the lines, and I trust them to fill in the blanks. In fact, this is one of the literature's high stakes. Again, for our English-speaking listeners from around the world, I asked Catalina Stereo to puzzle us out as to why she chose Too Pink as the title of her short fiction collection. I asked Catalina to do that straight away, before we rambled on as regards meaning and such like. My conviction is that the role of decrypting a text rests entirely with the reader. As Umberto Eco said, an artwork might be multifaceted and might have ambiguous and infinite interpretations. I think that none of them is wrong. In literature, there is no such concept of wrong and right, because, as Philip Roth says, literature isn't a moral beauty contest. And, as Echo highlighted, I feel that I have the duty not to criticize the reader's interpretations. Once a book is set free into the world, like a message in a bottle, its deciphering cannot be controlled. In fact, if we think in absolute terms, as Nietzsche said, there are no facts, but only interpretations. And um, my view is that we can keep the magic alive as long as there is a spark of mystery around. So, pink might be for some the sunlight after a long period behind bars, while for others owning a fancy car, or why not, taking a deep breath of fresh air by the sea. 
And also, what you consider pink today, tomorrow might become grey. Because, like it or not, change is the only permanent feature of our lives, as Heraclit pondered. I also wanted Catalina Stereo to make a choice of her own and outline the existence of a specific character in one of her short stories, also outlining their role and relevance in the book. Mihai, the main figure from the first story, the old man who is appalled by a small creature, shows how fragile our convictions are sometimes. We can say that his avatars are also present in other stories, such as the old man abandoned in the hospital, the sick lady who dreams about a lost love, or the mother who no longer speaks the same language as her daughter. Actually, my characters are very different, but at a closer look, they are just like butterflies caught up in the same net, no matter their age, social status, or life beliefs. This is only one thread we might detect in the big spider web of my stories. I hope that the readers will enjoy discovering the other ones and will take advantage of their freedom to do so, because literature rhymes with freedom. Truth be told, above all my characters there is a major one, and this is time, like a king with a pink sword, which governs us all and decides who continues to live and who heads to another horizon. I asked Catalina Steriu whether she was going to pursue in terms of writing fiction. Was she going to go for writing a novel? Has her stylistic undertaking been strong enough so far for her to go deeper into it? Catalina Steriu once again. When I wrote to Pink, I was interested in short fiction because I wanted to see if a few pages long text could mesmerize the reader. Short stories are concentrated prose, just like pills. I like to say that I write short prose with a long aim. I guess I will continue to produce this kind of text for the power they bear within, because there are stories to be told everywhere you look, of course, if you look carefully. We all need doses of fiction in our lives. We need fantasy and not only reality. We need to get lost in a work of art from time to time, like the painter from Marguerite Yourcenar's short story who disappears in his own painting on a boat in the sea, together with his apprentice. But I am also interested in lengthier prose, even though it is a whole different endeavor and the novel is the most elaborate form of fiction. Whatever the case, I hope I will not forget to also add a drop of poetry, the most important ingredient in every recipe. This week's guest in our new names on the cover series was Catalina Stereo, an award-winning author whose debut work, Too Pink, a collection of short stories, was brought out by Acon Publishers in Bucharest. For Radio Romania International, I'm Eugen Nasta in Bucharest. Bye for now. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International... Simply Folk. To end this broadcast, let's listen to Maria Pietraro with a song called When I Went Out Into the World.
And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next programme for Western Europe at 1800 hours UTC on 11.630 kHz in the DRM system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programmes tomorrow at 1200 hours UTC on 21.470 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at rri.ro. Goodbye.